Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Season 2 of the Overflow Beyond the Music Podcast. I'm your host, Josh McCabe. Thanks so much for tuning in and hanging out and just deciding to hit play on this podcast. I can't believe we're at Season 2 already, and Season 1 was a blast. And if you haven't had a chance to check out anything from Season 1 yet, please make sure that you go back and listen to it because... I'm telling you, it was jam-packed with some amazing guests. We had everybody from Trevor McNeven from Thousand Foot Crutch and I Am The Storm. We had Brian Johnson of Bethel Music, Derek Miner, uh, Darren of We Are Messengers, Stephen Christian, Amber Lynn, uh, just tons and tons of great guests. Make sure that you go and check that out. We've also been posting a ton of promo stuff that you'll be seeing a lot of in the coming days. There's clips, there's teasers, there's images, there's quotes, all sorts of stuff. And the best place to find that is where I've been directing listeners uh, since the beginning of this podcast. Instagram is one of the best places to connect with us. You can find us on Instagram at the Overflow BTM. That's at the Overflow BTM. Of course, BTM stands for Beyond the Music. Now, if this is your first time checking out this podcast and you're coming into this completely new, I want to give you a warm welcome. This is season two. Season one really sets up for where this podcast is going, but really our heart is to dive beyond the surface with artists. We want to get to know their journey. We want to have some tough conversations. We want to get to know what they're all about and what what their journeys look like to lead them to where they are now, the ups, the downs, the the successes, the failures, that's what we're talking about in this podcast, and we get into some really, really real stuff, and it's really refreshing, to be honest, as a believer and as a musician, as an artist myself, to be able to hear some real talk, you know, I feel like we got way too many people in this world uh, that are putting on their quote-unquote church face and acting like everything's good, but beyond the surface, you know, that's not the real journey, is if you look at the Bible, you you realize that David was not, <laughs> he did not have an easy journey to become king, you know. And even when he was king, uh, there were still some ups and downs in real life that took place. And I think for us, um, for myself, that's refreshing. And that's the stuff we want to talk about, we want to get into the real stuff. So again, um, my name is Josh McCabe. I'm your host. I'm the singer and, and front guy of a band called Caves. You've probably never heard of us, but that's all right. And uh, my heart is just to really. Um, tackle these conversations uh, in the way I would. I was a pastor for 10 years, and, and that's what I care about. I care about people's journey, and I really hope that it would impact you in a really powerful and profound way as you listen to this podcast. All right, so kicking off season two of the Overflow Beyond the Music podcast is someone who is no stranger to a lot of worship leaders or lovers of worship music. Her name is Meredith Andrews, and uh, we recently caught up over the phone, which is kind of funny because we attend the same church together in Nashville, but had never crossed paths at church before. So we caught up on the phone and were able to connect uh, that way uh, remotely. Uh, while I was on the road, and I not, I think she was at home at the time, but I was on the road, and uh, it was funny because after the conversation took place, we uh, ended up being at church uh, together that same Sunday. Her husband was playing keyboards, and I walked up and was like, "Hey, um, Meredith, I'm Josh. We talked on the phone last week, and we had a really good conversation. And then, uh, then both our families ended up having lunch at Burger Up uh, out in East Nashville, just kind of." randomly we both ended up seeing each other there again so 
uh, I had a great conversation with Meredith, and uh, I feel like we started the conversation as strangers, and we ended the conversation as friends, and you're going to love this. So let's head on into my conversation. Here is Season 2, Episode 1 of The Overflow Beyond the Music with Meredith Andrews. All right. Well, here I am. Um, I'm in a hotel room in uh, the Los Angeles area in California. I got in at 3 a.m. and I'm a little bit late to this interview. And let me tell you why. I got up this morning around 11 a.m. West Coast time because I hadn't slept. And I look outside my window and I see Starbucks. And I figure I need a coffee this morning before I can be functional. So I walk across the street. I, I get myself some Starbucks. Uh, I, I keep it basic. I go with the drip coffee today because I, I don't have much time before uh, I get this phone call. And so I get back to the hotel, but the problem was not the coffee. The problem was finding my way to my room. And <laughs> now here I am, rushed, late, and sort of borderline caffeined up. But I've got on the line with me Meredith Andrews, who's coming to me live from Nashville, Tennessee. And I think, Meredith, yeah, I need to know. Hey, hey Josh. Do you feel the struggle for the need for coffee at all costs in the morning? <laughs> Do I? I, I? I am actually not a coffee drinker, but no, no I way. felt the need for something today because I, I, um, as you can hear in my voice, I've been um, on and off sick and singing a lot and talking all the time because, you know, releasing a record, that's just kind of how it goes. Uh, but I also have three little kids and I led worship at church last night. It went late, like God was just moving in the room. So I didn't get home till late either. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a 3 a.m. or for me, but it was a yeah, late yeah. night and early morning. So this morning I was kind of walking around just going, man, I need a power nap. So that's usually what I do. Or yeah. I'll drink like a matcha latte or green tea or something like that. Every now and again, I'll do coffee, but but it makes me kind of bounce off the walls a little bit, which I guess totally. is not necessarily a bad thing. Well, I like what you said about the about the nap because um, I was doing my devotions the other day, and I came upon upon the story of Elijah. And yeah. He's really depressed and he's really like down and out. And I really identify with Elijah in the caves, and that's a whole other story about my journey and, and my music stuff. But I love that uh, when Elijah was down and out and felt like giving up and just felt like his his life was done, the Lord says. Here's a snack and have a nap. And I feel like the answer to most things in life are naps and snacks. Come on. <laughs> I love that. It's awesome. I think someone I think you need to write a song called Naps and Snacks. Naps and, and Snacks. That's yeah, that sounds like a hit to me. Absolutely. Well, hey, you've written a few and uh, a few great songs that have made their way through the church and um and I guess what I find really interesting is that in the journey as an artist, you you may or may not know where this journey takes you when you first begin to open your mouth and sing. And when was that that first time that you realized that there was this voice inside of you that that had a passion to sing? Sure. Well, um, I mean, I was pretty little because my mom used to lead worship for our um, our tiny little church in North Carolina, and. She was one of the praise team leaders, and she would practice every week, and I would listen to her practice and sing along. And so around the time I was, I think I was probably six years old, um, they asked if I would come and sing special music. Hmm. And uh, 
I, you know, all I, the only memory that I have is a vague one of singing on stage with a little microphone with this really fuzzy, you know, what do they call it? Like the the mic covers, like the know, pop filter. Yeah, yeah the like, pop like, filter. Yeah, that uh, all the different orange, colors. Right? Yes, I mean it was like yellow, bright red, bright yellow, something yeah, yeah. obnoxious, um, and singing "I Love You, Lord," and that was the first song I ever sang in church. And, and this just a quick story. I recently, I think it was probably the end of the summer, was sing leading worship at the Belonging and. We ended up going into I Love You, Lord, and I had a wow. moment with God that, like, wrecked me. And wow. I was kind of transported back to that little six-year-old girl, just pouring out my heart to the Lord and just going, let it be a sweet sound in your ear. And I think, you know, I'm sure you can relate, Josh, like, no matter what you do um, for God, sometimes it can become routine or mundane or you feel like, am I really making a difference or... What is it all really for? And so to to go back to where you started yeah. and to remember why you ever said yes in the first place. And I mean, it's really healthy for all of us to get back to that place. And, and, and that's what happened to me that night back in August or September, whenever it was. And I just couldn't even sing. I was weeping, you know, and, yeah. and the, and the, the church was just kind of carrying it and it was really beautiful, but you know, nobody really knew. I, I didn't stop and say, this is the first thing, a song I ever sang on stage. I just had this moment with the Lord where I just saw myself before his throne as a little child and yeah. just with a pure heart, just going, I don't want it to be about anything else then. I love you and I want my life to be a sweet sound to you. So anyway, that yeah. was you didn't ask me any kind of deep question, but I just wanted to go there for a second because. It, oh no, that that's what we do here. We go there. And I love it. That's, that's exactly what, why I did this because, you know, I, I think I just, I, I want to understand more about, about someone's journey because yeah. I think it brings the songs to life. Yeah. It, I, I think when you understand, um, I have this friend that, that, put out an album years ago uh and the band was called the glorious unseen yeah and um all the songs were were like really sad mm. and but they were worshipful and when i got to know him and understood his journey i understood where those songs came out of yeah and you you mentioned something interesting because i think that's the key to the whole journey in ministry and worship or, or music or this this call of god on our lives is saying yes did you realize what you were saying yes to? <laughs> I don't think we ever do. I think it's about saying yes before we know what it looks like. It's mm. about saying yes before we even know the question. Because that's what a heart that's postured in surrender looks like. Yeah. And uh yeah, I mean I said for the I said yes to God for the first time when I was five. Of course I didn't know. And then yeah. with with the um I guess like when I was 12 was when I really started seeking God for myself. And when I was in college, well, I mean, I had many encounters with the Lord in high school. And, um, and then in college, I, I kind of was, um, I don't know if I was running from this call on my life or I was in denial about it, or I just thought, oh, there's plenty of worship leaders and people who sing. I want to do something else. Yeah. Like I was planning on moving to Guatemala and working in an orphanage. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, but and I still have a huge heart for especially kids like in other countries and kids like that um 
I guess are underprivileged. I, my parents were foster parents, and um, I have three adopted brothers, so that's been planted in me since I was little. But um, but when I was a junior in college, I had this moment with the Lord when I was leading worship for our campus. And I just knew this is what I was supposed to be doing with my life. And, you know, there will be room for other things, too. There have been. But I love I love leading worship. I love engaging with God and seeing people engage with God and, and mm-hmm. somehow getting to facilitate that in a small way. It's It blows my mind every time. Well, um, I've, it's funny because I was talking – as we got on the phone, I go, this, this does not sound like a bit – of a Nashville, Tennessee accent because <laughs> as you know, nobody, well, there are people from Nashville. Not a lot of people actually are not from many. Nashville. Yeah. So they have this weird hybrid, mm-hmm. like almost like when, um, if you talk to Ben Cantillon, who I'm sure you've met before, yes, yes. he moved over to the UK for right. a while and he came back and I'm like, dude, you're Canadian. I know, Come on. but he's also married to a girl from London. So what do you do? <laughs> yeah. It's confusing, <laughs> it is. but I, I'm like, this is not a national accent. And you mentioned North Carolina. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about the, the, I don't know, the flight or the U-Haul itinerary of North Carolina to Nashville. What, yeah. what was in between? Uh, Chicago. <laughs> yeah. So, well, actually, I, um, I went to school at Liberty in Virginia. So okay. I was there for five years. I graduated in four, but I wasn't ready to leave, basically. <laughs> well, um, I didn't graduate from Liberty, so you're one step ahead of me. Well, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I walked across the stage and they gave me a piece of paper. So, um, yeah, so after I left Liberty, though, and I left, in, I graduated in 05, I left in 06, and I went to Chicago and was on staff at a church in Chicago for 10 years. And, uh, and then we've been in Nashville now for four. And you're like, if you're doing the math, you're like, wait a second, there, that's not quite 10 years. But we, I stayed on staff in Chicago when we first moved to Nashville. Um, gotcha, okay. For about, a, for about a, uh, two years. And, um, <clears throat> but that was a little bit nuts, like flying to church every other weekend. Yeah. So we just thought, hey, we've got three kids and God called us to Nashville. We should probably put down some roots here. Yeah. And, and, and cut the cord. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but our time in Chicago was really foundational for us. I say us, me and my husband, Jacob, and he's a songwriter and producer. He produced a lot of stuff for me and my new EP included. We write together and he's, he's just kind of a genius. And (laughs) I don't say that just because I'm married to him. Um, but yeah, the the years that we had in Chicago were really kind of fundamental for us just to get our a good foundation for um just what God had for us and and establishing some roots and just going, you know what, we're not trying to be rock stars. We want to serve the the local church. We want to love on people. We want to go where God says to go and we want people to, to hold us accountable, you know. So, yeah. It was a good season. Now we're in Nashville, we're the belonging, and we love it. Yeah, so, so tell me about how local church has been instrumental for your journey. And I, I guess I'm saying speak speak to the young person out there um, that is never in church because uh, they're quote-unquote too busy uh, serving the Lord outside the church. Like speak, speak to that a little bit because it seems to be uh, extremely foundational for you in – in your journey as a, as a, as a person, first and foremost, as yeah. a child of God, but also as an artist. Absolutely. 
Well, I actually had a conversation with someone yesterday about the importance of the local church. And I am, I will always be an advocate for local church, not because it's a perfect place, not because it's the end all be all, it, but just because like we are the church, the, the people of God, we are the church. It's not about an institution. It's not about organized religion, you know, all the things that people buck against. Um, yeah. It's actually about the people of God coming together and sharpening one another and loving on one another. I mean, I could cry just thinking about it because I've I've been so impacted by the local church. I've also been hurt by the local church. I think a lot mm. of people have, but that doesn't mean that I walk away jaded and go, "Well, I'm never I'm never darkening the doors of a church building again." No, I just yeah. go, "No, it's made up of, of humans who are imperfect, who are trying to love God, but sometimes don't get it right." And they're we're we're all bringing our baggage. We're all bringing our brokenness. The church is meant to be like a hospital. You know, it's meant to be like um a hospital for our hearts <laughs> and we just come and, and we're able to be honest with one another and love on one another and ultimately point each other to Jesus and church is about Jesus it's not about uh, the person on stage or the people on stage it's not about um you know a philosophy or a theology it's just about the mm. word of God and the people of God coming together to know God and and be with him and um I mean we could do a podcast in and of itself or an interview in and of itself just on the local church and the importance of it. And I'm really passionate about this, especially because I, I've seen people, I've seen friends walk away from the local church and and it grieves me. It makes me so sad because I get it. I get that they're hurting and, and all of that, but I'm, I'm, I look at the heart of God and he's for reconciliation and, and he's for accountability and he's for, you know, the thought of where two or three are gathered, there I am in the midst of them. And I look at the church of acts and the way that they loved each other and they, they just lived life with one another and they met in homes and, and that can be church. It doesn't have to be in a church building, but I think it's just about us understanding that we were never meant to be isolated and, Mm -hmm. and we have to learn to stick it out with, with people, you know, to go, this is my community. I'm in it for the long haul. Even if they hurt me, um, we're going to work it out. You know, we're going to, yeah. we're going to be in it to win it. And I, and I think that that's really important for us to grow and to understand that there, there are a lot of people that we're doing life with that don't necessarily see things the way that we do, but that's actually really good when, you know, if scripture is our, our, our measuring stick and we're holding everything mm-hmm. up in light of the word of God and we just go, Oh, we can choose to disagree on, on gray areas or, or certain things that like, let's keep the main thing, the main thing. Let's fix our yeah. eyes on Jesus and let's run alongside each other and, you know, help each other up when we fall down. That's what the local well, church is. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I think when we, you know, as believers and, um, as believers, we have to be aware that, that the enemy, the enemy is a real thing. Absolutely. Like, he, he's a real, um, spiritual force that is is out to destroy and, and yeah. i think if if the enemy can start to muck up two two things the the family home and the church family um that's that's where he wins and that's it i think as believers we just got to realize that like when we're in disagreement um it's you know usually because um a we are fallen people mm-hmm. and, and b the enemy seeking to destroy and i think if we could all just sit in a room and go hey we're not letting this be the destruction of this church or the destruction of this family. Right. And let's work it out, you know? Let's let's figure it out. Let's let's put our weapons down and I feel like we can 
get to a better place. Yeah, absolutely. I'm all for unity because I don't see any kind of division in the kingdom of God, you know, like that's, that's not mm. from God. Um, I, I, I mean, there are stories, there are instances in the new Testament where people went their separate ways, but they were still, they were like, you know what? We don't work great together. So let's just, let's just choose to go like, all right, God, I'm going to go where you've called me to go. Now I'm going to, you know, Paul, I was like, I'm going to go the direction God's called me to go. But I think it's about <clears throat> learning to uh, live at peace with all men and, yeah. and, and just operate in unity because that's what the Holy Spirit does is he unifies yeah. his body. Well, you know, that's, it's interesting you said that because, um, you know, about like working together and, and being together and, and unity. And I was, uh, because I'm a bit of like a nerd this way, like sometimes like 1 a.m. when I can't sleep, I'll just, I'll hear like a pop song or something. And I'll be like, I wonder who wrote that. Yeah. And I'll start getting on that, you know, Wikipedia pit that sure. all of a sudden now <laughs> you're like, now you're like comparing which drummer played on all these albums, right? <laughs> right. But I, I was uh, sitting on the plane waiting to take off last night, and I pulled up uh, Song Select and just, just looked at all the songs you've been part of writing. Um, tell me how important co-writing's been to you. Mm. Well, uh, I'll say it this way. I haven't written a song by myself since 2007. Wow. <laughs> Um, is that intentional or is that just, is that just something, uh, that, that has just naturally worked out that way? No, oh, it's intentional. I, I mean, every now and again, I'll have an idea, um, that I could probably suss out on my own, but I right. love the community aspect of collaborating with other people. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that I get to get in a room with friends or people that I've never met who become fast friends and talk yeah. about what God's doing and talk about this idea maybe that was birthed in my heart or someone else's and just go, yeah, yeah, I can jump on that train all day long and that resonates with me and I want to write about it and here's my experience that I can pull from and here's where God has, you know, kind of spoken to me about the same thing and and it's like all these different perspectives and experiences in the room and so you just get something more of a complete picture, I think. Um, yeah. And I, I just love collaborating because it's, it's so fun. It, you just just to get with people and and hang out and share stories and you know go to lunch after if you've got time or whatever. Um, so I, I I don't really necessarily have any desire to write another song by myself because that's lonely. I'd rather write yeah, with people. Yeah. But uh, I got to ask you because I'm looking at your again looking at your your songwriting and stuff and you've written a lot with your husband. You yeah. Produced your new album. Um, you live together, you right. raise kids together, and you work together a ton. I want to know how difficult it is for Meredith Andrews, the artist, to tell uh, Jacob Souter, the husband slash songwriter slash producer, that his idea isn't very good. <laughs> it is not hard for me at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. We are how, like, very... how, do you, how do you say, how do you say, honey? Love you. Yeah. I don't love that idea. Yeah. Well, first of all, um, there's certain things that I'm really passionate about and certain things that I could care less about. So right. what I care about um, is really what I'm saying and how I'm saying it, how it's being conveyed, how it's being received. Mm -hmm. 
um, and that it's not distracting, but it's like compelling and it takes people to a deep place with God. So he knows that. And, and that's what his heart is too. And he has this insane ability to create music and melodies around uh, and, and, and lyrics, um, just around that idea of yeah. wanting people to experience God. So, um, I would say that more often than not, when it comes to music, we're on the same page. Right. When we first started, I had been writing a lot more than he had. And and I think we were just dating when he showed me a song that he had written. And I kind of patted him on the shoulder and I was like, just keep working on it. (laughs) (laughs) But now he is an amazing songwriter and... Um, writes more than I do and, and is just has God has just kind of activated his gifting in that. Yeah. And it's been really cool to watch and, and celebrate. And so, you know, this last project, I think the the only time that I got like upset with him was when he was wanting more out of me vocally. And I was like, I am giving you everything I have. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and, you know, with any other producer, I wouldn't like, lose I wouldn't cry or lose my mind or yeah, I wouldn't lose back. my mind but like walk out of the studio for a minute you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> but with him it's just like we're married we we know each other better than any anybody else so it's really honest but it's not um it, but it's also really safe and it's also really good and I trust him in so many ways obviously but I I tr- definitely trust him musically he's he's just a musical genius so it's really fun to work together Incredible. And so reading about this new project that is just released, uh, yeah. man, I, I've heard a couple songs and I love it already. It's called Faith and Wonder. And uh, it was recorded live at The Belonging yes. and, uh, last year, September 26th. Tell me about that night. That's right. Wow. It was last year, wasn't it? It was in 2018. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, technically it was right, like, right. we're in the beginning of a new year and it was a kind of towards the end sure. so yes tell me about that night recording this album yeah well um oh man there's so many things about that night but it was re- it was so significant and special for me like it's something that i'll never forget obviously um we had we had prayed about the songs and the night and gotten a, a such a talented team of people you know from video to lighting to sound mm-hmm. and of course, Jacob and and the band, and Jacob was just kind of driving the ship. All the band was our guys that go to our church, and um, my drummer has been with me for, you know, nine years or something. And yeah. So it just felt like family, and it felt like church. Um, it was just different because I was leading every song, you know, and, yeah. uh, and somebody came and did my hair and makeup for that. <laughs> but it was so cool because I, I was nervous about it. Like, I felt the weight of it. I didn't. Uh, I didn't want it just to be another Meredith Andrews project, but I wanted people to literally feel the presence of God when they listen to these songs in their car or their home or you know wherever they were. And so that's what I was asking for. I was just asking mm-hmm. God to show up in a way that you know He would meet with us that were there in Rocket Town on that night, but that He would also just transcend that that moment and and let it be captured. Um, on the recording and and I believe that it was and, and I'm excited to see what God does with these songs and yeah. you know they're just offerings they're just uh, me just 
pouring out my heart to the Lord with my friends. You know, we've written these songs together and had a couple people come in and sing on them with me. Andrew Holt being one of them, he sang on Have to Have with me. And then um, Abby Simmons and Cody Ray Lee from Upper Room came and sang on Faith and Wonder and just added so much to that song yeah. with them being there. And um, God gave me a lot of pictures about what it, what he was doing in that night and and through these songs about um and it's on my instagram you can even go back and look at all of the things that he spoke through my friends and through just pictures he was giving to me um but i i had this picture of like a dam breaking and water just rushing in and just kind of enveloping us and it's just this sense of like no more reservations no more holding back like the holy spirit is going to rush in and just overwhelm us with this presence in a way that we just feel so covered and filled up and surrounded and loved and mm-hmm. um, and in that i just saw god restoring identity you know in nashville a lot of people find their identity in what they do whether yeah. they're artists or musicians or you know they have a job like a corporate job or, or or they work in the music industry or whatever and there were a lot of people that were there that night that were industry people and I thought and I just saw God restoring identity and going who you are is not what you do who yeah. you are is not what people say about you or what you even think about yourself but who you are is what God says and when you strip it all away your son and your daughter and no, and that can't be taken from you, mm-hmm. and um and I even stopped and we recorded when we recorded um we did it twice through that night and the first time through I stopped in between songs and I and I just kind of spoke that over people it's you know yeah. it's not on the recording but I just I spoke that over people just to say like you're you're here on purpose and God wants to tell you that your identity is found in what He says about you and and mm-hmm. what no one else says about you and um. It was just really amazing, really sweet. I had friends say, you know, Meredith, I'm sorry I didn't really sing very loudly on your project. I was too, I was like over in the corner on my face. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's awesome. That's what I wanted, you know. Exactly what you want. Yeah, exactly. So it was so, so cool. Well, I'm not sure if you you wrote this to describe the project or, or somebody else described it this way, but it said the result is a collection of songs that feel like a homecoming. Describe what felt like a homecoming uh, about this project. Was it just doing? Was it just doing it at home, or just was, did you return to somewhere as an artist, or as, as a worship leader, as a singer, as a writer that you wanted to get back to? Yeah, well, maybe not. Maybe not somewhere that I wanted to get back to because I feel like it's always been who I am, and you know, I've recorded five or six, seven, I don't know, albums, and <laughs> since I started, people would ask me have you know are you an artist are you a worship leader (laughs) and I was like well I don't know why I have to separate the two and for a long time I felt like I was like split personality like here's Meredith the worship leader here's Meredith the artist you know and now I I don't have that anymore and and maybe this album in in some ways is just the finally the marriage of the two and going like I don't have to be two different people I can just be who Mm -hmm. God's called me to be and honor what comes out and be obedient with you know kind of staying in my lane but just doing what I feel is on my heart to do and what's burning in my heart to do and and right now that's writing songs and singing songs for the church that the church can sing back to God and uh I I 
wasn't confident in my ability to write songs for the church, like corporate worship songs for a long time. And I just started getting in a room with people who were good at it and learning from them and asking God to help me just to go, I, I know the weight of this. I know the responsibility of putting songs and words in the mouths of your people, but God, would you entrust that to me? And uh, so I think it feels like a homecoming because this is my first live worship album, and yet I've been leading worship, and it's where where I started. You know, it's, mm. I started as a 15-year-old kid leading worship from a keyboard in my youth group, and so the, this is where I kind of want to stay. And, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I want to make sure that we close this off with uh, hearing something or at least a clip from, from the new album. And why don't you set us up uh, with with your favorite song off the new project and, and just tell us a little bit about that song and, and then we'll we'll listen to it on the way out. Oh, gosh, I don't have a favorite song, Josh. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'm going to pick one. I'm going to pick one for you. And we're just going to go go with that and you're going to tell me about it and then uh, and then we'll hear a little bit from it. Sounds good. So why don't we go with, let's go with A Million Saints. Okay. So A Million Saints um, is the first is, is the first song on the record. Um, it's a little more, got a little more energy. It's also the shortest song on the record. <laughs> it's like three mm-hmm. minutes where the other ones are like probably six each. Yeah. But, um, this song is one that Phil Wickham had actually written with Mia and with Hank Bentley. Uh, mm-hmm. He didn't record it. It was sent to me. I fell in love with it. it. At the time, it was called A Thousand Tongues. Vertical had a song called A Thousand Tongues. So I was like, well, I can't record a song called A Thousand Tongues. Let's <laughs> let's revisit this. And so I got in a room with Mia and Hank, and we tweaked the chorus, rewrote the second verse, tweaked the bridge, and then that's how A Million Saints was born. I don't awesome. even know if Phil knows that I recorded that song because it doesn't have the same title. So he's probably like, I didn't write that. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. But he did. Um, so funny. But I, I love this song because to me it's a picture of the saints of God, like the global church, the capital C church all around the world, not just the American church. But like every tribe and nation and tongue, that's so beautiful to me. That's what heaven's going to look like. But we're the thing is, like, we're all lifting our hearts in worship, you know? And that's what yeah. we'll all be doing around the throne of God. But now on, on the earth, we're doing it in all our different languages. And I think it's it's just, I I'm, I'm, can only imagine just so beautiful to God. Yeah. And uh, we're lifting up. Our hallelujah, we're lifting up our our holy, holy, holy to the Lord. And so to me, this is just a picture of that. And it fires me up to think about the millions of people, the multitudes of people, you know, generations past, present and future and every nation uh, lifting up their worship before the throne of God. That's incredible. And uh, I got to say, I love the energy of this song. So it's a great way to end uh, what's been a great conversation. So I really appreciate you taking time to be on this podcast with me, Meredith. Absolutely. And uh, cannot wait to just get deeper into this album. It's out now. Uh, the album is called Faith and Wonder. And closing out this podcast is the song A Million Saints. So check it out. Here's A Million Saints from Meredith Andrews. Well, hey, thanks so much for tuning into this episode and checking it out. Wherever you're listening, you can find this on Stitcher, 
Spotify, YouTube, Apple, iTunes, uh, Apple Music Podcast. You can find us all over the place. Thank you so much. And I want to encourage you, if you enjoyed this podcast, you're going to love some of the episodes we've got coming up. Make sure that you hit subscribe. Subscribe to this podcast so that you will know when the next episode is out. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at the Overflow BTM. I'm your host, Josh McCabe. This is Season 2, Episode 1 of the Overflow Beyond the Music podcast. We'll be back again soon. Yeah.